Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. You don't even want to come to church. You don't even want to be around people because of your behavior or your activity and all these lists of things that you feel like you have to do to be like Christ. When the Lord said, I, I never, never told you to, you to be, be like me. me. I, I told you to let me live through you. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. All right, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of um, Mark, the seventh chapter, Mark 7. And I pray that your hearts are aligned and that you are tuned to hear the word of God because, you know, it is possible for you to be in the room to be under the anointing of God and not even know it. It is possible for you to miss it. So I pray that you are, you have your, you have your, your receptors up, you're tuned in and you're ready to hear the word of the Lord. Well, today we're going to start a whole new series. I'm not sure really yet of the title of the series, uh, but today's message is entitled The Slave of Desire. The Slave of desire. You know, the Lord is interested in not so much as in, of course, he is interested in healing your current condition, but I believe the more emphasis is on not, uh, is on you not getting back in your current condition. Because many a times the Lord can and has delivered us from conditions time and time and time again. But it seems as though we slip right back into the same old shape, the same old condition again. We can pray and ask God for miracles, for financial miracles, and, and uh, I mean, just uh, material miracles, just physical things. And I mean, so many things we can ask for. And uh, we have seen the Lord move time and time and time again. We've been in many uh, fiery furnaces. Amen. We have been in many lion's dens, amen? We have been in many of these things. We have been many, many places, and we've seen the Lord deliver us time and time again. We, we have testimonies of the goodness of God. We have testimonies of the goodness of God. We, we have it. And uh, the Lord can, even now at this moment, swoop down and deliver and change your situation in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. But if we have not been... Uh, if our mind has not been renewed, if we have not been changed in our inward parts, then no sooner than we get out of it, a month or two or six months or a year or two years down the road, we're right back in the same shape again. Uh, the Lord can give us uh, a whole lot of money, thousands of dollars uh, in one moment, but a few months later, there we are again, broke, asking for $5 for gas. So, it is not God's delivering power that is in question, but what is in question is our behavior and character um, in the in the outside of it, in the outsource side of it, on the outside. When when things go better, when things go well, after the deliverance has taken place, can we stay delivered? Can we stay delivered? Can we maintain the deliverance after the Lord has cast the demons out and? And uh, they are gone. But if the, the Lord Jesus said, if when the house is swept and clean, I mean, it's gone. No demons are there. But those demons seek to return to the house. And when they return, they found it swept and clean and they find it uh, still empty. Uh, and when it's still empty, well, then they'll go and get some more of their fellows, some more of their fellow demons, and they'll occupy the house again. But this time... Uh, the second state of the man is worse than the first. So it is, uh, so the Lord can deliver us at an instant. Yes, he can clean your house at an instant. Yes. But if we have not been sufficiently healed or if we have not uh, sufficiently been fortified and, uh, and trained up, then those things will come again. You'll find poverty again. You'll find lack again. Uh, you'll find oppression again. All these things you will find again. You'll find bondage again. Uh, it's gone down the street. 
Yes, you come to the altar, and yes, we can pour a lot of oil on you. Yes, we can. We can grease you down like a greasy chicken. Yes, we can baptize you down. We can dunk you until you're so pruned up you can't be pruned anymore. But after all that is said and done, what will you do after that point? You see, there are certain, we call them, there are scars in the spirit man, and we'll get to this in just a moment. There are scars in the spirit man. Scars, we can be scarred by different types of events and, and, and happenings. But if we continue to be scarred in the same place on the inside, uh, that scarring gets deeper and it creates, it creates a, a chasm or it creates a valley or we could say a groove on the inside of us. Now, if you're traveling down the road or, and if there's a groove in the road, a, let's say there's a long, just a long groove in the road, a long ditch in the road. And if you're driving too close to the ditch, or not paying attention uh, to where you're going, your car will go over into the ditch. Are you with me? Now, it may not be a very deep ditch, but we have the tendency to go back into old patterns if those old patterns are not filled in. We have a tendency to fill places in, in our heart um, with things that are not good for us if those areas are not filled in. And uh, we have a tendency to be a slave of our desires if we have not sufficiently uh, been healed or if those areas in us have not been met. Now, we're going to talk more about this. Let's go, let's go straight in Scripture. Mark, the seventh chapter, Mark 7. And I'm going to read to you verses 14 uh, through 23, and then we're going to uh, go back and uh, receive. So I, what I want to do today, uh, Lord willing, is just go nice and slow so that we can glean from the Word of God uh, so that we can receive a good understanding. Because once you've walked around your wilderness for 40 years, you, there should not be a need for you to walk back through that thing again. Once you've made all these circles and you've seen the same things, the same problems over and over and over and over and over again, there should be a longing in your heart to be free from this, to be done with this, and to go on to the next stop, to go on to other things that God has for you. But if we don't deal with it, uh, let me give you this word the Lord gave me, uh, the Lord will not defeat what you won't deal with. Unless you deal with it, unless you confront it, unless you face it, he won't defeat it. He will only defeat what you face. If you refuse to face it, it will continue to reign over your life. If you refuse to face it, it will continue to reign over your life. So we can day in and day out pray about it. You can uh, fast about it if you like. You can talk about it. Uh, you can bleed about it. That is whining to all your family members and friends. But until you face this thing, God will not defeat it. He won't defeat it. Are you with me? I don't care how much David would have been wishful thinking, uh, wishing that Goliath would go away until he decided to face him. That's the only time that Goliath, that the Lord defeated Goliath when David went out to face it. Are you with me? So it's time to stop tiptoeing around the tulips and let's get down to business. Are you with me? Some of these demons that you've been facing, it's time for us to face it and be done with it so we can move on with our lives. Amen. Let's go into the word of God. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you today to help you. Mark 7. Let me, because you're more than this, saints of God. You're more than this. God has slated you for greatness. But we have been a great people that has been walking around in circles facing the same issues. And these issues have not been dealt with. Therefore, they have reigned over you. They have ruled over you. They have dominated your life. And when these issues or desires dominate your life, they will suck away any money that you have. They will suck away any joy that you have. They will destroy relationships and destroy your home, just destroy your entire life. And you will, you will never live the abundant life. Uh, that the more abundant life that Jesus Christ called for you to live until you face these issues. Hallelujah. Yes, you are meant to be happy, but happiness or, or full of joy is not going to come until we face these issues. So let's look at this. 
Mark 7, verse 14. And it says, And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto him, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There is nothing from outside, rather, there is nothing from uh, without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Now, that's very important. I pray you have ears to hear today. Verse 17. When he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning this parable. And he saith unto them, are ye so without, are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive uh, that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Say cannot. Say cannot. Verse 19. Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught purging all meats. Verse 20. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, maliciousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these Evil things come from within and defile the man. Are you with me? Now we're going to go through this uh, very slowly, and we're going to—I'm going to show you a, a few key things. Now let's go back up to verse number number fifteen. Verse fifteen says, "There is nothing from outside a man that entering into him can defile him." Now. For a long time, we have thought, and I want you to, I want you to hear what I'm about to say to you. I want you to really, 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 really hear it. For a long time, as Christians, uh, we have thought that it's hard, and most people have even said it's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to be a Christian. It's so hard to be a Christian with all this mess going on around me. It's so hard with all these temptations and, and evil people and evil words and evil things in this, this world. It's hard to be a Christian. I've heard people say it's hard to be a Christian. But you know, the Lord told me, he told me something. And then, and then I, I made this statement and I continue to make this statement now. Uh, I've made a decision. I've made a decision to resign or stop trying to live like a Christian. I've made the decision. I refuse to try to live like a Christian. But the better way is, let Christ live through me. There's a difference. Christian means Christ-like, and we are trying to live like Christ. It's hard to live like Christ. But the better thing is, is to let Christ live through you. Now, there is a difference. The second way, allowing Christ to live through you, means that you must live a life of sacrifice. Meaning that you have to know in your heart and you have to confess uh, with on the inside of you that it's not you that is living, but it is Christ who is living through you. Paul said, it is not I that live, but Christ lives live within me. He said, I was crucified with Christ. Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, said it like this. Uh, she said to the angel Gabriel, uh, be it unto me even according to your word. John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. You see, when we're trying to live like Christ, then that means that there are a whole set of standards that we're going to try to impose upon ourselves. And when we do not meet those set of standards, then we no longer think that we are Christ-like. We no longer think that we are Christians. And then we become uh, down on ourselves. We lose, we lose our self-worth and our self-value. Uh, we And it gets to the point where you don't even want to pray because you don't think God is hearing you because of your behavior or activity. You don't even want to come to church. You don't even want to be around people because of your behavior or your 
activity and all these lists of things that you feel like you have to do to be like Christ. When the Lord said, I never told you to be like me. I told you to let me live through you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We think that holiness, we think the body thinks, or many people within the body or within the church thinks that uh, holiness is a, le- is a, a list of rules and of do's and don'ts. And that one day when I fulfill all these lists of rules of do's and don'ts, then one day I will be holy. Instead of receiving what God already said about you, you are holy because you are his and everything that belongs to him is holy. Instead, live a life of submission unto him when you are willing to release everything that you have to him, putting it all under the blood and realizing that it's not you that will bring the victory, but it is him working through you that will bring the victory. Are you with me? You ought to make that decision as well to come out the closet and stop trying to live like a Christian. And start letting Christ live through you. Are you with me? And so the Lord said, there's nothing from the outside of a man that enters into him that can defile him. Now understand what that says. Because we have vilified, if you will, we have vilified or made every, made a lot of stuff around us. We've made it evil when it's not. We have blamed a lot of our condition on other people and things when they're, when they were never the problem. The problem was always within us. Hear what I'm saying to you. The cigarette never killed anybody. Let me make some statements to you. Alcohol never killed anybody. I hope I got your attention. Crack cocaine never killed anybody. Space dust. Quaaludes. Puff the magic dragon. Never killed anybody. Let me help you out. Because we have vilified all those things and we've said all those things are killing people. If I had a cigarette in my hand right now, and you have to see it in the, with your imagination, see this cigarette. I'm going to put this cigarette down right here. If I were to ask, I'm sure one of you would give me one. If I were to put that cigarette down right there. Here I have it, an imaginary bottle of, of uh, liquor. I'm going to put that right there. Here I have right here an imaginary bag of crack cocaine. I'm going to put that right there. Those three items are sitting on that altar. And those never hurt anybody. What am I talking about? I've never seen a cigarette jump up out the pack and go down somebody's throat and kill them. Never seen it. I've never seen a bottle of liquor grow arms and legs and go and kill somebody. I've never seen crack cocaine go up and run off and do something to people. No. What happens is that when these things, when we pick these things up and they mix with something on the inside of us, and then the thing that comes out is defilement. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We say, if I can just stop with this, if I can get away with that, if I can stop this and stop that, and that is not the problem. The problem is in you. The Lord Jesus said in his word, he said, there is nothing that is without a man that can defile a man. If we say that these things are evil, these things are evil in itself, we'd be wrong because these things would not exist without God. Hallelujah. Now, the Lord did not put these different elements together. But these elements came from the earth. They all came from something that God created. Man cannot make something out of nothing. He has to take something that God made and put it together. Now, these things are in its perverted form, praise the Lord, but these were things that God made, and then man put it together in a way that would please the body. But these things in itself are not evil. Let me get 
if I had a naked Barbie doll, I'm going to put her right there. A naked Ken Barbie doll and a naked Barbie Barbie doll. And I put them right there. Representing a naked man, naked woman. Now, there's nothing wrong with the human body. I can't get no talking here. I hope every once in a while you get naked. At least when you take a bath. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There's nothing wrong with a naked body. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong, hear me, with tight, tidy clothes. i never seen clothes jump up and go strangle somebody. But it is the combination of these things that mixes on the inside of us that produces lust. That defiles us. It is not the woman, it's not the man. It's something in us that is causing the problem. Jesus said, and he said that there is nothing outside a man. In other words, there is nothing in my environment that can cause me to sin. There is nothing in my environment. There's nothing around me that enter, entering into me can cause sin. Entering in how? By my eye gates, by my by the hearing, by my ear gates, or in my mind, by the, my mind gate, me thinking about it. There is nothing outside here in my environment that can cause that to happen. It is only when those things enter in me and I mix it with something that's in me that it produces defilement. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Husbands and wives and wives and husbands and, and friends and co-workers. Don't make that lie. Don't even put your mouth together to say that he or she made me mad. He or she make me sick. If I didn't have so-and-so, if I didn't have so-and-so, then I'd be here, then I'd be here. You lying. Because you just go out and find somebody just like them fulfilled to fulfill the same hole or the same void. Until the problem is fixed, you see, because there's something in you that draws that to you. You say, there's a woman that said, I don't know why I always get the same kind of man. I always turn up because there's something in you that's drawing that to you. And until that is cut off, you'll continue to draw this mess and calamity and destruction to yourself. No matter where I go, so-and-so happened. No matter where this and where that, I always meet with this kind of person, this kind of place, because there's something in you that is drawing that to you. Hallelujah. 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 There's something in us. But the Lord said there's these things are not the problem. No, but it is when it mixes with something in you, then it becomes the problem. Are you with me? The Lord says in verse 19, verse 18, let's, let's drop down. He says here, uh, he said, are you with, are you, are ye so without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatsoever things from without enter into a man, it cannot defile him? Say cannot. Now defile, I want to give you some uh, words here. Defile means to make unclean or to be made unfit for the master's use. Unclean or unfit for the master's use. Defile. All right. Uh, when it's time for you to eat dinner, you don't want to eat with defiled dishes. That is dirty dishes, dirty, nasty dishes, because it will taint the taint the flavor of your food. I guarantee you, if you eat with uh, a day-old spinach and cabbage, or a couple of weeks old spinach and cabbage, and it's still on your plate with that mold growing on it, some of you know what I'm talking about, with that mold growing on it, you put some new food on top of that, it's going to taint the flavor of your food. Are you hearing me? The, so the Lord says here, now, he said, uh, so things that are on the outside cannot, Sin cannot cause you to sin, but when it mixes with something in you, it does cause it. Now, uh, here again, to be def uh, defiled, the word defiled means to be uh, made unclean or unfit for use. Uh, now, listen, let me give it to you this again. Defilement occurs when something of a something that is attractive to us on the outside has come on the inside of our heart. And it mixes or it finds agreement with something in in your heart 
then the offspring of these two or this unholy union, the offspring of it is propelled outwardly. Now, I want to give you a good example about that. I have, I have something here that's going to help me. Praise the Lord. Voila. There you have it. Ooh, look at my stew. I have here a very big pot. I'm not sure how many gallons it is. Let me see. A 60-quart boiling pot with my big old stirring spoon. Or it could be maybe a rife, I mean, a, um, a paddle for a boat. It's that big. Anyway, an oar. Thank you very much. Let's say you, I'm not sure what, what, floats, your what floats your bubble or your boat or, or what you are attracted to or what causes an evil outcome in your life. But let's say it is um, a bottle or let's say it is a magazine or a movie or the internet or it could be information that you just can't help but to gossip about. Whatever that thing is, when you get around it, if somebody's doing it, there's something in you that pulls you. Even when on the inside of you, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be watching this. I shouldn't be involved in this activity. But there's something in me that's pulling me to it. And I don't want to do it, but there's something in me that's pulling me that way. Are you hearing me? Now, at that time, you don't have that thing in your hand. It is not in your possession. But the thought of it whew, has come. And you have it, the thought of it. Now, the thought is the thing that's on the outside. But the thought is now entered into the hot, into your, rather your heart. Or we can say it is entered into the pot. This pot is representative of your heart. These things in itself are not things that will defile you. Now, some things that man does is definitely evil, no doubt about that. But then these things in itself cannot cause you to go to hell. But it's when we pick these things up and put them in our heart and then we begin to mix them. We mix them in our heart through meditation. We begin to think about it. We begin to think about it. And when you think about it enough, surely after a while, you're going to want to get out here and do it. Isn't that right? You think about it enough, you're going to want to get out and do it. But it started over here. That desire was over here. Are you with me? The desire for the thing. Now, there's something magnetic that is attracting something that's in your heart to something that's over here. The two want to come together. The two want to come together. Whether it's you looking at some naughty, naughty website. Or you looking at some naughty, naughty movie or naughty, naughty book. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There's something in here that's attracted to something out there. Once we kill the attraction or really we need to reverse the attraction. Then what's here and what's here will not produce that evil outcome. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Now, the desires, now as we're speaking from the subject of slave, the slave of desire. This desire in us is not bad. But it's perverted. We have a desire for fulfillment, desire for love, desire for companionship, desire for excitement, desire to be fulfilled, desire to feel worth something, desire for peace, the desire for pleasure. These things aren't bad because you can find all of that in Christ. But in the beginning, 
these desires were perverted by the enemy as Adam and Eve decided to go another way. God had already laid it out for Adam and Eve. The, their course was already set. But the enemy came in another way and said, I tell you what, Adam and Eve, tell you what, you can have knowledge. You can be like God by going another way. You can have what you want without God. And that's what all these things represent. The, the, the cigarettes, the drugs, the, uh, the, the sex, the, the, the whatever, whatever's over here. That's what all that represents. It represents an escape. It represents a, a pleasure. It, it, it represents a peace, a temporary peace. It represents all that represents things because you can have a taste of what God has without God, but it's not the real thing. It's all false. So the heart of man is still looking for God, but in all the wrong places. And so we take these things that the enemy has perverted that desire, these desires that were good, desire for peace, desire for, for pleasure. Praise the Lord. The Bible declares that at the Lord's right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. It's all in God. There's peace in God. Excitement. We long, we long for the power and the presence of God. All of that is in our hearts. But this desire was perverted in the garden. And so now God is not the first source we look for to find it, to fulfill it. Ah, uh, somebody help me, please. We look toward the things that we think are a little bit easier. Joel, instead of letting me pray for a while, let me just go get drunk. I'm under a lot of pressure. I'm under a lot of stress. And instead of coming to the altar and finding God, I'll just go get me a rock. Instead of this and that, I, ooh, I, I got a burning in my loins. Instead of going to doctors and penicillin or whatever, instead of that, I'll just go over and find me Sally Sue or whoever. And when you do that, when you go back over to the dark side to fulfill these desires and they mix with your heart, you go out and you do it. And these things cause murder, adultery, fornication, lasciviousness and the like. The problem is not with all these things. So you can turn off the cable. You can turn off the Internet. You can leave the person behind. You can stop going to the liquor store. You will just find another liquor store. Somebody said, well, God did me a favor. He closed that liquor store down, that evil liquor store. He closed it down. He knew that thing was at me. He closed it down. But now you're just driving 50 miles out of the way to go get your next fix. The problem has not been solved. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? The problem starts here. There's something in you that's magnetic that is drawing that. And until we get this situated to when, when you go around that, there's no attraction. You go around that and now you're completely delivered. Let me give you an example. Here's what the Lord told me. Now, if you hear, you'll get it. It took a while for you to find out what worked for you. To fulfill a certain need. You may have tried mad dog. You may have tried uh, Colt 45. You may have tried Chablis. You may have gone to Margaritaville. You may have gone to the bar and asked for just some of everything. But now when you go in the bar, you know what drink you want because you know what will fix you up. You spent time and money to research what you liked. Hallelujah. You know where the best drugs are and where to find the best drugs. You spent time, money, and research asking everybody and this and that and the other. You even did Google, Google web search to find the best naughty, naughty places to go to. I can't get no talk in here. You spent time and money, invested your life trying to find the best places. And now you know what fixes you up. Now you know where to get your fix. Now you know. But what would happen if we take that energy and begin to say no to the enemy and then begin to seek in God 
with that same time and energy and money and resources, Lord, what do I do when I feel like this? Help me. Help me. Because it took time for you to make arrangements in your heart to find out what to do, what would fix you up when this feeling comes in the world. But now let's take that same energy and find out in God what fixes you up in God. And I guarantee you, when you do it the Lord's way, you'll have something good at the other end of the pot. You'll have something good over here on this side. Are you with me? These things here, you won't wake up with a hangover in the morning. These things over here, you won't wake up wondering, oh, what did I do last night? These things here, you won't wake up and say, who are you? These things here, you'll keep money in your pocket. Matter of fact, you'll get more money in your pocket. God's things will extend your life instead of cut off your life. Are you hearing me? But we have vilified for such a long time all these things. We said all these things were the problem, but... They're not the problem. The problem starts on the inside of you because there's something in you that's attracted to doing that. Hallelujah. You know, you get around and your heart begins to beat a little faster. And then you begin to look. Is anybody looking? Think about it for a little while. Think about it for a little while. No, no, no. I'm not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. No, 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 no. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Not no, no, no. Not gonna do it. Then you go home here. I mean, you've been meditating on it pretty good because you're meditating on not doing. You're actually meditating on it. So it's still in your heart, and you. And what are you doing? You, you got in your heart, and you're mixing it, and mixing it. Instead of taking that thought into captivity as the word of God declares, no, I bind that thing in the name of Jesus. It shall not come nigh me, no. And begin to meditate on what God said concerning it. You see, because listen, when we, when there is a yearning in our heart for something over there, that shows us that there is a deficiency on the inside. Just like when your physical body begins to yearn for certain elements, uh, some people, when, you're, when their iron is low, they begin to yearn to eat dirt. Some people, I don't know, I don't know, but praise the Lord. <laughs> or they begin, their body begins to yearn for meat or for some type of other element because their, their body knows I'm weak in this area, I'm deficient. Uh, when, it, when a woman is pregnant and she begins to crave for certain things because she doesn't know, but her body knows I need this chemical. I need this substance to help make the baby grow. It's in us. So when we begin to long for these other things, understand that tells you that there is a deficiency on the inside and your soul, your soul man is trying to tell you, I need this. I need this. But we've taken these warning signs to mean, Oh, time to go get another 40. Oh, it's time to call old Rutabaga. I need another hit. It's time to call old Mary, Mary, Mary Hickamonker. Come on my house tonight. I, I, I need a hit. I need a fix. You hear what I'm saying to you? Instead of realizing that these are warning lights and indicators that there's something missing. And now the Lord is trying to tell you, tune in to me. Get your fulfillment from me. Get your fulfillment from me. That's an indicator that uh, that now really the holies of holies, the, the gates of heaven are open. The door is open and ready for you to walk in to receive. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? See, there are certain questions that we've got to ask ourselves. There are certain questions we've got to ask ourselves. Now, I want you to hear these things. The question we need to ask, there are three primary questions we need to ask ourselves. As we're talking about us being a slave of desire. One is, what is in me that is always, or rather that always reacts or is stimulated by this outside source? Or what is the positive in me that is attracted to that negative? See, the moment you decide to, to take your attention off of, off of that gobbledygook, off of the drugs, off of the the magazines are, are off of whatever over there that you know ends up causing bad things to happen. The moment you stop paying attention to it and you begin to focus here in your heart, then, hey, guess what happens? You're dealing with the issue, and guess what God's doing? He's confronting it and he's defeating it. 
David said, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit on the inside of me. He understood that if there's nothing in here that can mix with that, then nothing bad is going to come out. Jesus said, there's the, he said, the prince of this world is coming, but guess what, boys? He has nothing in me. There's nothing in me that will react to that. Peter, uh, the devil won't have you, boy. He said, no, Jesus, tell you what, I'm willing to die for you. I'll go all the way for you. He said, boy, you don't understand. Before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. No, it ain't going to be. It ain't going to be. So uh, the Lord knew because, Peter, there's something in you that's going to react to the pressure of the situation. It's going to cause cursing. I know you, Peter, and I know what's in you. And see, Peter didn't even know what was in him. He was standing in Jesus' face, and I'm sure as far as he knew, he would have died for the Lord, but he did not know what was in him. But the situation, the external, helped bring out what was in him. When it mixed with what was in his heart, it produced cursing and denial of Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's the trick of the enemy to get you to focus on the cigarette. To say, well, I got... I mean, it's, it's the enemy's trick to get you to, to play the, the streak game. Streak. You know, I have two days I haven't smoked. Uh, five days I haven't smoked. I haven't taken a drink now in two months. I, I haven't taken a drink now in two months. But the problem with that is when you break your streak, because eventually you will break your streak. Because you're trying to be godly through the flesh and not through the spirit. You're trying to work with your own willpower and not work with the power of the Holy Spirit. So eventually your streak will end. And when it does end, you'll feel down and depressed. And then you'll try to work penance, penance. What, what a penance. You know, they, they're, they're, so, that's what they do in the Catholic church, right? They go into the, to the father in the, you know, little box and they say, um, I've only seen it on TV, but they say, uh, bless me, father, for I've sinned. And the, and the, and the priest in the booth will tell them, okay, well, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. This and that and the other. Then you'll be clean. And so after we have broken our streak, we repent before God and say, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Wash me of this thing. Cleanse me with your precious blood. And then we will go out and do acts of penance. We will go out thinking that we are still defiled because of what we've done. And as soon as we can do enough good, then we'll be right again. Somebody, I guess you'll have to get it next week. As soon as I do enough right, as soon as I pray enough, uh, well, I, I'll, I'll just sit myself down for a while. I, well, well I, I, I won't go around here. I won't go around there. As soon as I do enough good, then I'm right. When, when in fact, God said that the moment that you confessed it before him, boom, you became right in his sight. But we do all this other stuff. And it's this other stuff that's killing us. We're coming to a close. So the first question is that you've got to begin to ask yourself as you take your mind off of that other stuff, because that's not the problem. Say with me, that's not the problem. She's not the problem. He's not the problem. The problem's in me. I'm telling you, because when you straighten up, it's not your coworkers cussing at you in the back or them being foul or they're telling nasty jokes. It's not them. But when you straighten up and become that, that person that, that God wants you to be and let Christ live through you, they'll see God. And oh, they'll say, oh, I'm sorry. You, we, didn't, we didn't know you were in here. We'll go this way over here. When you begin to act differently, your circumstance will change. The answer is in you. The problem and the answer is also in you. Are you hearing me? Mm. I mean, the Lord knew this heart thing was so important that he gave us the endowment of his spirit to fill our hearts. All we got to do, the Holy Spirit's in there. All we got to do is yield to the spirit of God. That's all we got to do. Surrender to the Lord. Surrender it to the Lord. But one of the hardest things to surrender is your desire, is your pleasure. One of the hardest things for man to, to release is the pleasure, is the surrender. But see, I, I, I learned that it's easy to release a hundred dollar bill to somebody when you know that somebody else is standing right there trying to give you a thousand dollar bill. You release the hundred when you know that somebody's about to give you a thousand dollars. See, you can only hold to something when you think it's valuable. 
But when you see something that is more valuable, you, re you release that thing and go to the one that's more valuable. The only reason that you're still holding on to those things here, to those what we call evil things, only reason we're still holding on to them is because we haven't seen something that is more valuable. That's the only reason. And the only way you're going to see something more valuable, you got to spend time in his presence. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You will forsake the little $20 bill when you see somebody with a million dollars in their hand. You mean I'm going to hold on to $20 when they got a million dollars? No, no, no. I'll drop, I'll drop the websites, drop the liquor, drop this, drop that. When I see him, when I see Christ, when I feel his presence, I'll drop all of that and run to him. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Second question you got to ask yourself as we're closing out of three is what am I looking for in it? When I get these feelings, these urges, which are really indicators that you need to spend time with God, that the gates of heaven are open and that it's your appointment time to be with the Lord, with Dr. Jesus. Are you hearing me? That's what those urges mean. It's time for you to get with him. That's what the indicator is. See, I mean, this is one reason why Adam was able to get with God in the cool of the day. He had that internal beacon going off. Oh, I know it's time for me to get with my God. And he walks that internal sensor alarm clock that goes off. And you know, it's time for me to get with God. But the enemy came and perverted that thing and tweaked it. And twisted it so much that we now think that when we get that itch for whatever your heart is calling for, we think it's to get one of these things. Instead of get with the Lord, because the gates are open, the door is open. God's waiting for you. It's your, it's your time for appointment. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? The desires in your heart aren't bad, aren't wicked, aren't evil. They've been twisted. But now that you come to the revelation of what it's there for. Now you can begin to conquer over the things that have been conquering you. Catch the second question, then I'm, I'm, we, got, we got to close. Does anybody get anything out of this today? What am I looking for in it? What am I looking for? Or, or what am I hoping to get out of it? When I go to it, when you go to it, what are you hoping to get out of this? When there is a burning in the loins, a burning in the taste buds, what are you hoping to get out of it? When you, when you know you just ate, but your hand is trembling as you look at the refrigerator, what are you trying to get out of it? Not talking about the food, but what are you trying to receive from the food? Is it comfort? What are you looking for when you trying to go to that? You see? Here again, what are you looking for in it? And, and what are, or, or what am I hoping to get out of it? Is it excitement? Is it pleasure? Is it peace? Um, should we say momentary peace? Is it love? Is it gratification? Is it self-worth? Is it value? What are, you trying, what are you trying to get out of this? That tells you where the deficiency is in your heart. Because you're only going after it because it's not there. You don't have it. So you're trying to fill that place, that deficiency, with something over here that looks like this. Third question. Why or when am I attracted to, uh, or, or am I most attracted to it, or why or when uh, do I go to it? When is the time that it's really hot on you? When is that time? You know, it's not just women that go through cycles. Men go through cycles, too. When it's certain times of the week or certain times of the month, we get more hot than others. Not just talking for, for, for sexual things, but you can get more hot for food or, or more hot for, for this drink or more hot for this and more hot for that. When and why? Look at those times when you go through those cycles. Because really, when it's hottest on you, you're late for your appointment with the Lord. You should have been in there for your dialysis a long time ago. 
And then the door closes. The doors are shut. And now you're outside trying to beat, trying to get in at the altar and say, bless me, I have sinned, I did it again, oh God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? The problem is not on the inside. You don't have to be a slave to that desire. But realize that the desire in itself isn't bad. But the way we've been fulfilling the desire has produced defilement, has made us unclean and unfit. But when we deal with the heart and when you start asking what in me? Why in the world do I want this thing? And see, one of the best times to, to ask this and to seek the Lord about it is when you have times of peace. You see, there's going to come a time, and we're closing, there comes different times in our lives when, we, when it's like our head is above water and we have a moment of clarity. And in that moment of clarity, what do you do? Well, you better be crying out to the Lord and asking these questions. When the monkey is not on your back, you cry out to the Lord, Lord. And, you know, really, uh, other things that could be on this side is um, uh, depression or, or rather depression will be produced by it. But, I mean, it can be a longing. Uh, we, we want companionship. We want to be affirmed in all these things. And so we'll keep up a a sadly exterior to get people's attention. We want them to coddle us. We want them to, to cradle us in our misery. And we think that the people's affection is going to fulfill this place in us. And it's not. It's not. Because after a while, people are going to get tired of you and they're going to stop taking your phone calls. I'm just telling you like it is. I'm just telling you like it is. After a while, you, the first, the first time you got a hit, you got a buzz off of that beer, which is with a half a can. Now you gotta go through two six packs to get it. It's gonna take more and more and more and more. And as you do more and more and more, this is the thing that kills you and damages you. And it is a heinous lie. But I know by the Spirit of God, that you'll dis you will examine your heart and you'll ask the Father to purify your heart. You'll ask him to purify your heart. You'll say things like, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Are you with me? You'll say things like, Lord, search me. Search my heart. If you find any wicked way in me, any wicked thing in me, Take it out, oh God. Strengthen me. I want to be right. I want to be saved. I want to be whole. The answer is not in move, removing yourself from all these things, but the answer is in finding out what's in the heart, what's in this pot that is making you a servant to that desire. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We are done in Jesus' mighty name. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org.